Yo. Yo. Dude. <laughs> yo, here okay. it goes, bro. Alright. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Two Putts. I'm Jake Landry. Nick Huff, dude, and it's a special episode. It is a special episode because usually we record right after school. Tonight, we need a little bit of time. So it's late. It's 1040. So we can react to some of the NBA tonight, which I'm going to start with, actually, Nick. Um, but just to just to start, I want everyone to know as a disclaimer. And listen, Nick, sometimes we have to. And this is I'm a big language guy, Nick. OK. Anthropology, thinking about people, thinking about the words we use. Sometimes we have to make things mean what we need them to mean until we understand them, right? We have to we have to use terminology. And one of the things you know I'm working on is out of pocket. This episode is going to be out of pocket, Nick. Okay? And I want all the people to know we're coming out of pocket for this one. Is that okay with you, Nick? And maybe dude. at the end we can evaluate how out of pocket we were. Uh, dude, I'm ready to be out of pocket. All right. Well, let's start with the NBA. Because it's a Friday night. We have time to watch anything. And Nick, at the end of the day, we were talking to a colleague. I went to Apple TV. I started morning show. Fantastic. Fire. First episode, dude, five minutes in. Grabbed by the shirt. And I'm in, dude. Have you watched it? Yeah, dude. I've seen a couple episodes. It's on. Dude, it's, it's fire. It's And Apple TV looks like they have a lot of offerings. But here's the thing. I put on the NBA. Nuggets, Celtics. Is that the finals, do you think? Is that the Before I get into it, is that the finals matchup? That would be it my finals be, right? matchup. Yeah, that's what it should be. If all goes according to plan, that's probably what it should be. All right. So barring injuries, that's the finals matchup. Good game. Friday night. Come on. You can't get better than that. I put it on. I wanted Jalen Brown to get 30. I had some extra incentive for that, Nick. Okay, I was looking for that. So I'm watching the game. Jason Tatum's going into the lane. I like a dish to Jalen Brown. It's an easy dunk. Tatum instead just dangles it, dunks it. It was amazing. Okay, it was a, it was an excellent play. Got contact. Should have been an and one. It's not. There's not even a question. They call a technical foul on Jason Tatum hanging on the rim and I want to keep us putsy but when we look at the history of the NBA and refereeing Bill Russell's number has been retired so I know Nikki Haley says we racism never existed in this country but let's be real about it I mean let's just be mature about it and understand the world I'm sorry like (laughs) I'm worried that refereeing has gotten stupid because if you jump up and you dunk a ball and now you're hanging on a rim, right? First of all, just think about the momentum of every other player. They're probably heading towards the rim too. So if you let go immediately, chances are you could land on someone. Let's just say that. Now remove all the other players. Even just the action of jumping up there, slamming and letting go immediately, it could be dangerous. Hanging on the rim is a safety precaution, Nick. And they call the tech. I I feel like the NBA gets... This is where they lose me, Nick. Help me. Dude, I can't help you there, bro. First off, want to say, literally, we had a 10-minute pre-pod meeting. Jake's like... 
I'm not getting political. Gets political immediate. Sorry, Love it, dude. Out of we're pocket. we're out of I, pocket but I immediately. Set the context. Dude, so yeah, if you're three minutes into this record like episode, yeah, dude, it's already out of pocket, and I love it. Here's what I'm gonna say: NBA referees are losers, bro. They're losers. No one pays hundreds of dollars to go watch you do that little technical foul sign. The and they sell it. Dude, and they sell it like, dude, no one cares, dude. You're And you're going to, dude, I get if there's a fight or you got to break something up or something's going on. And that was the problem, right? That's when David Stern, for those of you who don't know, Adam Silver is the current commissioner of the league. Before that was David Stern. And honestly, there is a very legitimate history of corruption and issues and issues related to race, class, all the things that you would imagine and all the things that exist in society at all levels, at all different places and institutions, okay? All those things existed. And the refereeing, Nick, I just feel like, exactly, in the 80s, in the 70s, (laughs) there were things going down that weren't acceptable. But now it's like, come on. You can't be, you can't celebrate. Like, look at the way the NFL celebrates a touchdown. Why can't you celebrate scoring in the NBA? And I'm with you. The referees are, it. their ego is part of it. But I, I have to put some more blame on Adam Silver. Like, he could do more for this. Because, again, from a systematic and historical point of view, it's, it's gross. It's gross, dude. I'm upset about it. Here's what I'm going to say, dude. There's no there's no incentive for refs to be better. Like they don't get a bonus. They also don't get fined. Like if the players say something or if they give an egregious foul, dude, they're getting money out of their paycheck, dude. There's nothing for there's nothing for that for the refs. When the refs <clears throat> what the refs do is they get evaluated great. They and there are good refs, there are bad refs. Obviously, right? There are good teachers, there are good bad teachers, there are good everything and there are bad everything. The good refs or the ones who are graded highly get to ref the playoff games. That's so I guess you could say that's an incentive. I don't know how much the paycheck is, but I'm sure you're getting paid handsomely just to do a Pistons Spurs game. Who, for those of you who don't know, are the worst teams in the league. So I'm sure you're getting paid handsomely. So if I were a ref with my paycheck and this is why I'm not a ref dude I might half-ass it you know and I'm over 0.5 swears already dude that that's that's the real eh, that's a radio acceptable so I'm gonna give you a pass I wouldn't bleep it but I think that's the thing is your your honesty about that is a it's important you know and I I don't think it's a something you hear all the time from people well yeah I mean I listen to a podcast, it's called The Real Ones, and there's an ex-NBA player, Raja Bell. And I don't I don't expect anyone really to know who he is, but he always talks about like the refs who are the good refs are the ones who like if they blow a call, we'll be like, yo, Ra or yo, Jake, I missed that call, dude. Like my fault. The bad ones are the ones who get an ego and now fight back to you and give you an issue. And and Raja says it all the time. Dude, no one's there to watch you ref. Like if no one knows your name, 
you're the best ref in the league. Well, I'll tell you this. I think that Adam Silver, you know, the the game is in a good place. And again, we've tried to, or me specifically, I've, I've tried to be very positive about the NBA. When I turn it on and I see a great dunk, and listen, <laughs> is there a little bit of excitement and enthusiasm as he's also making sure he doesn't hurt himself? Yes. But when I see him being penalized in the team gaining a point, which again, like when you think about advantage in a game, a point is a significant amount of advantage that you're offering a team. Granted, it's a free throw. They have to make it, but okay. That's not right. That's not right. And it makes me think about something else while I'm watching the game, Nick, which doesn't happen in other sports for me. And that's the thing with the NBA is I think more than anything else, I get those moments of pause. Where in other sports, I don't have that as much. Football, obviously, catch, not a catch, different problems that they've had is probably second in line. You know, an umpire makes a bad call on a striker ball. That's a pretty quick, like, I'm mad and then it's over thing. That happens. Football and basketball, but basketball more than anything else gives me those moments of pause of like, guys, what the what the heck is going on here? What's going on here, guys? Come on. Come on. Yeah, and... I, I, I just, real quick, like, and no disrespect to refs, like, there's a reason I'm not a ref. There's a reason Jake's not a ref. It's a hard job. It's a thankless job because if you do a good job, well, that's what's expected of you. If you do a bad job, now you're getting called out. You're expected to make every call. That's what the audience and viewership expects and the players, too. So it's a thankless job. If you do it perfectly, there's no, oh, dude, you killed it as a ref tonight. Like, you didn't miss a call. It's, well, way to do your job. A hundred percent. And I will say, I do follow the NBA officials on, you know, Instagram and their videos of, you know. I, what I would say is this. It's like when you're watching a video of someone you completely disagree with, but you respect Mm. I hear them yeah. talk about what they do and their mindset, and I go, I hate it. But good for you for doing it professionally, even though I wish you didn't do the things you're talking about. And think about it the way you approach it, because I think it's problematic. But speaking of problematic, and speaking of, we don't swear on this pod, so I want to say another word. I'm going to say dog food. This last weekend of football, Nick, Wild Card Weekend was absolute dog food. There was one good game. One good game. One game where I felt like both teams wanted it and had the ability and planning and management to give yourself a chance to make it happen. And that second part, and we're going to talk about Mike McCarthy. We're not going to start there, but <laughs> we've been talking about coaches. Bill is going to Atlanta, Nick. It's been reported tonight. They've had multiple interviews with the coaching team that Belichick is bringing. Vrabel, Chargers, uh, Antonio Pierce coming back for uh, Oakland. There was a video that came out on Instagram today that uh, Houston, which is still in it with Demario Ryan. Right? D'Amico Ryan. D'Amico Ryan. Ryan. He, uh, on the second pick six, 
He told the defender right before the play, this is exactly what you're going to do. The defender said, yes, sir, here I go. Did exactly it. Got the pick, pick six. Here's what I want to start with on Wildcard Weekend. Was it our fault what happened with Joe Flacco? No. Dude. I feel like we cursed him, Nick. Dude. First off, I mean, shout out to our 87 listeners last week. Shout out all y'all. Don't get it twisted. But we're nobodies in the podcast world. Dude, we did not curse Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, it looks like he forgot to poop before he went out there, bro. Like, dude, we just praised you. We we talked you up, and then you're like, you know what? I forgot how to play football. Now, I saw a conspiracy theory on Twitter. So for those of you who don't know, Joe Flacco used to play for the Ravens. The Ravens and Browns are division rivals, one would say. And... There's a conspiracy theory that Joe Flacco did this, got into the playoffs, lost on purpose, so he beat the Browns again. No way. Dude, it's a, it's a fun conspiracy theory. Yeah, I just, I, I'll say this. Unfortunately, I think Joe Flacco wanted to win that game very badly. I, I agree. Look, he just, he didn't show up, dude. The Texans were... I think they had a good game plan and they executed it well. And it's hard to beat when the game plan's solid. You have good players. And, dude, C.J. Stroud looks like the truth. So so let me ask you, do they have a chance against Baltimore? So my gut, like, everything's saying no. But the way that this this NFL year is going, yeah, I think they do have a better chance than the experts are going to give them. Well, I'll say this. I think both teams are going to make it to 20. You know, and and that's that's when we go to last week. That's what we didn't get. I mean, Cleveland put up 14, right? Two touchdowns, that was it? Mm-hmm. If even? How much did the Cowboys put up? Did they come back late? They, I don't think so. They ended up scoring 32, but it was it like it was very inconsequential. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles even, too. It, it, I'm sure they put up more than 20, but I want to be sitting there. I mean, dude, when I saw Tampa Bay, I think they were up 14-3 or something. And I'm sitting there, you know, and we got singles Inferno and whatever stuff she wants on the TV on. I'm like, oh, do I put it on my phone? I could tell right away. And I don't know if you remember, Nick. I said Tampa Bay, and at first I thought you were going to fight me on it. I had a I had a little reaction to it. I looked and I saw 7-0 Tampa Bay. I'm like, wow, the Eagles are already going to blow this. Like, they're doing it. and Made us look like geniuses. Should have put the mortgage on it, Nick. What was I doing? What was I thinking? Oh, God. Yeah, dude, the Eagles. What is going on with them, dude? Well, I'll tell you this. Bill Belichick isn't going to them. We talked today about Sirianni. Is that what's the solution for them? I think they're going to stick with Sirianni. I don't know any coach that's out there that they would. My issue with Sirianni is, and I, I actually really liked him until they played the Chiefs and won, and he was like, he was, he was so annoying. I, I think I really do believe like he lost the locker room at that point. And do I have any insight? Do I talk to anyone on the Eagles? No, right. But I really do think they lost the locker room. Because after that game, yeah, they won a couple, but then they lost five of six, got blown out in the playoffs by Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are obviously a Tampa good team. Tampa Bay 
Bucks. They're a good team, Ugh. but they're not. They're not. They were not of Eagles caliber. Good, but you in no way could make an argument that they're great. Let's say that no. for sure. No, I, I, I don't think they win against the Lions this week. Um, I, I, I would be shocked if they did. I agree. I agree. I would. I, there's no way I would pick them. Yeah, dude. No, dude. No way. It's just yeah. The, like, but going back to the Browns and the Texans, or the I'm sorry, the Texans and the Ravens. C.J. Stroud is a rookie quarterback. He plays with no fear. And the Texans are talented, and D'Amico Ryan's has has the buy-in from the players, which is huge. And it looks like he has a pretty good scheme. Now the Ravens have Lamar Jackson, who's basically a human cheat code. He's he's Michael Vick minus the dog fighting allegations, and like that's pretty solid. And Lamar Jackson wants to win it. Like I, there was just an interview. He's like, "Yo, I ain't like I'm winning it this year. It's mine." I'm grabbing it. I'm taking it. And it should be. I mean, let's be honest. Lamar Jackson, I mean, we now we're we're totally off schedule and I love it, but I would love to have a talk about Lamar Jackson because if and and I'll be honest, I am going to I'm going to cross sports. I related to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. This is your time. Because we know in life, we're old enough to know. I'm a little bit older than you, but we're old enough to know. When you're in the opportunity, sometimes you miss how valuable it is. Right? And then your years pass and you're like, dang, like that was it. And I thought that was just the beginning of many opportunities, but you just never know. I think Lamar Jackson has to lock in and realize this is, hopefully you can get more. I would love you to get more. But if you don't get this one or at least get to the stage to fight for it, you tell me he's a running quarterback. He's a great passer. He's shown that. But if it doesn't happen this year, Nick, I mean, I would imagine that a lot of teams who had down years, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Eagles, list goes on, might have stronger years next year. Lamar. Gus Edwards, everyone on that team. This is probably it. Yeah, I mean, dude, in like, and just not in, not just in like life, sometimes windows are much longer than a championship window in sports, dude. So, like, the window could be just this year, right? You mean a championship like, that's window? That's exactly though. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, but it could I, just be this year. I that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. This might be it, uh, you know. And and the fact of the matter is that when you win championships, we don't qualify the league. We don't put asterisks next to championships. We just don't do that. Because if you're the best in a season, <laughs> they're all trying to win. Even if it's a down year, they're all trying to win. So get the championship. Even if it's a down year. Because in our long term, we don't remember that. We don't remember that. We don't think about it that way. Let's talk about... Let, let's let's get on to something a little personal. Green Bay beat Dallas. And Dallas... I mean, dude. They... 
they sharded their pants worse than any team I can think of in recent memory in terms of expectation. I'm serious, though. We sat here last week and we thought Green Bay might get a single touchdown. First of all, what are your thoughts on just the game and how it went down? Well, first off, dude, and I I think I made this comment. I was watching with my friends, and I think I made this comment four or five times. I said, yo, that throw was a little Aaron Rodgers-y. I said, that throw was a little Aaron Rodgers-y. The difference, though, between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, and this is a tangent kind of, is... I went to a game, I watched Aaron Rodgers play, and one thing that stuck out to me, and this was his last year, it was the game they got eliminated against the Detroit Lions when they got eliminated from the playoffs. The one thing that stood out for me is like Aaron Rodgers was outside of the huddle. on During TV timeouts, he was away from the team. He ran out of the tunnel by himself. He did everything by himself. This Packers team is more of a team they run the scheme that Matt LaFleur runs. Jordan Love trusts himself. And then, obviously, he learned a lot from Aaron. So, like, this this team's the most fun I've had watched since the Packers 15-1 and one year years ago when they lost to the Giants in the first round of the playoffs. Or the second round. Um, that being said, that game, dude, I mean, our run game was was popping. Our pass game was amazing. They ran zone, which was interesting. But Jordan Love was picking his spots. And our defense played out of their minds. Like, they shut C.D. Lamb down. I mean, C.D. Lamb was yelling at Dak Prescott three minutes into the game. <laughs> like, get me the rock, dude. Yeah, well, and so, <laughs> putzing it up, I, what is your most ridiculous, unfounded reason for why CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott had beef at the beginning of that game. Because it was play number one. If you didn't watch the game, imagine you're watching a sporting event. Team comes out. It's football. They run their first play. And all of a sudden, they zoom up on two players. The quarterback, who you know who that is. That's the person who throws the ball. The wide receiver. The person who catches the ball. They're the This dude... It, it's imagine the team that has the two famous people. You can't miss them if you know the team. Literally after the first play, they're out there looking like, fill in the blank, Nick, Mad Libet. And then I'll Mad Libet for you. Dude. They're looking like what? Bro. Dude, I'm going to. Dude. <laughs> they're looking like Dak Prescott said C.D. Lamb's mom can't cook. Oh. He was coming at him. See, I feel like they looked like C.D. Lamb or Dak Prescott slid into the DMs of the other one's girl, dude. Like, same sort of thing. Like, mm. dude, they looked like the night before they went to a club. One of them was dancing with a girl. He went to the bathroom, came back, and the other one was dancing on him like they didn't know that, you know, he had already made his match. And, like, they couldn't get over it, bro. I just, while you were talking, looked up their quotes. It's like, yeah, played a good game, you know? Sometimes things happen. Hey, he did his best. We all saw it. It was, it was awkward. It was awkward. So, Dallas loses. 
Mike McCarthy is being retained by the Cowboys. Belichick has already come up. We already said he's going to Atlanta. That's what it seems. But there was talk of him going to Dallas. This is the time of year where we talk about coaches who are successful in the regular season, coaches who are unsuccessful in the playoffs. McCarthy has one Super Bowl. Why does he have that Super Bowl, Nick? You already mentioned his name. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, baby. Aaron, baby. What was that against? The the Steelers? The Colts? Yeah. The Colts? No, the yeah, Steelers, I I watched baby. That in my, oh, and the Steelers. No, yeah, Steelers. I watched, yeah, yeah. Watched that in my dorm common room in college. But I'm curious. I, I want to talk about the Cowboys. Retaining Mike McCarthy. You had a chance at Belichick. You had a chance at Vrabel. <laughs> I know you might, maybe you have feels for Mike McCarthy because of his time at Green Bay, but this feels like a mistake for me, Nick. Here's what I'm going to say. And it, it, for first time listeners, we talked about this in our first pod. Me and Jake don't think very We don't think very highly or we don't think coaches impact the game as much as people perceive them to be. They might elevate them a little bit. They might elevate. We said 30 to 35% maximum. So with that being said, Mike McCarthy is a stable coach. He wins football games. He makes he he makes you a NFC East title contender every year. He's a known entity. The Cowboys know what you're they're getting. The team feels like they can trust him. Because if they didn't, something would have been said or mentioned. And, I mean, this is a metaphor for life, but the grass ain't always greener. So let's go with someone who's, who just won 13 games this year. Yeah, we lost. We got trounced by a an up-and-coming Packers team. Like, that's nothing to be ashamed of, especially if they go in there and really put up a fight against the Niners. It makes the it makes the decision to retain Mike McCarthy that much better. And I actually am a Mike McCarthy hater. I've want I wanted him gone for years. I thought the only reason why he had merit on the Packers was because he was a Super Bowl. He got that one Super Bowl as the sixth seed. So I actually would be the first to say, "Hey, dude, let's fire Mike McCarthy." But the turnover of coaches and implementing new schemes and doing all of that is so much more taxing and difficult than I think people imagine. So keeping the same scheme, keeping the same routines, keeping the same expectations, like we're teachers. So we talk about it all the time, like students struggle when there's a lot of different teachers because there's a lot of different expectations. So that goes for adults too. So if we change the expectations of what our work ethic wants, wants to be, that's going to immediately throwing in variables that don't need to be there when you're a good team who's contending. Yeah, but but at the same time, that loss was crazy. And the trend is crazy. So while I agree with you, I also would would just counterpoint that if you bring in the right person and that person... And again, and I'm thinking about a teaching setting, that person would have to be exceptional. But if you bring in a person who's exceptional, it doesn't matter what's happened before. They will 
you know, create the solution going forward. So I agree with you um, because the chances of you bringing in someone that can excel in that degree is it's difficult. Um, But at the same time, that loss was crazy. Dallas was good this year. Not just good. They were great this year. And the fact that they got eliminated on a wild card weekend by, I'm sorry, Nick, the Green Bay Packers is insane. That's crazy. That's crazy. It was crazy. And my wife is going to come in here and be like, chill out. But that was crazy. It's just what it was. What also would be crazy, segue, is if the Bucks beat the Lions, I think. I can't see the Lions messing this game up against the Bucks. But then again, last week when I told you that I thought the Bucks would beat the Eagles, you thought I was crazy. So you tell me, am I crazy? Dude, I didn't say, first off, ended up agreeing with you in the first place Fair. on the Eagles Bucks. Dude, the Lions, and as a Packers fan, like I like I said last week, dude, I'm I'm rooting for the Lions. It's sacrilegious. They're fun, they're fun team, dude. Dan Campbell, like, I'm ready to run through a wall for this guy. And I'm again, I'm a Packers fan, so like I'm supposed to hate the Lions. They're the lovable losers. My brother made a good point. I was talking to him about it. He said, Everyone's gonna love them until they win, or if they win, then it's true. Well done, Jake. No one's gonna care. Cause they're relatable. Yeah, facts. They're relatable because they're losers. Like, most of us are losers. Let's just be real. But with that being said, the Lions also low-key to me are the team of destiny. Matt Stafford comes in. They boo him. Everything had to line up to play each other. They beat him by one point. They didn't blow him out. Also, side note, shout out to the guy that predicted a 56-10 to 10 win. I don't know if you saw that. He was one of the analysts. Didn't see it. Predicted a 56 to 10 win. Side note. But, dude, beat Stafford by one point. Jerry Goff coming from the Rams. 56 to 10 Rams or 56 to 10 Detroit? Lions. Okay. I I thought that, I mean, we alluded to it. This was the one good game, Nick. This game was freaking awesome. Yeah, I like first off, it was high scoring and then it was low scoring. Like, I love that. Like, the offenses did their thing, the defenses matched, stalemate. The Lions did just enough to win. They went and grabbed it, they did it at home. Like, I really think, I think if the game was in LA, I do think, and LA is not, they don't have the best fans, whatever. Like, I don't need to hear it from anyone. But I think L.A. would have edged them out if L.A. was at home. Because I think, dude, the fact that they were booing Stafford. Dude, the Lions fans were booing Stafford's family. Like, dude, they were relentless. I told you last week, Stafford has earned the right to be booed. Why? I told you because the camera lady fell down and he was like, I'm not into that. Dude. I'm not a Stafford guy. I'm not a Stafford guy. What do you want me to say? I know, dude. I know. But the the pod needed to know. So on the Super Bowl, I guess his wife fell. The Super Bowl parade, the wife fell. And 
Like he Stafford didn't even turn around to ask. And I'm gonna say, dude, Jake's probably the most chivalrous guy I know. Like, so of course that would bother him. I didn't even notice it. I don't watch the parades. Um, even if my team wins, it was a national story. It's not like I watched the parade and saw it. It was reported nationally. I didn't like tune into the brand. Like I'm waiting for Stafford to mess up. There it is. Wow. Look at that. I wasn't the first to report it. Nicholas. Listen, I want to talk about the chiefs and bills. So do you have anything else on, on, on Detroit and the bucks? No. All right. Chiefs and bills have had the worst seasons for their teams in the last three years. Agree or disagree? I would uh, I would agree for the Chiefs. I would disagree for the Bills. Really? The last three years, you don't you don't think this is the worst Bills teams mm-hmm. we've seen in the last three years? I think it would. Uh, I think it would. It would be. Close. Oh, I think you said the last four. Three. Then yeah, this is probably the worst team. Right, and a couple years ago, we saw the Chiefs and the Bills duke it out. If you remember, it came down to like the last. Four minutes, we had, I think it was like three or four scores in the last four minutes. It was insane. I think Patrick Mahomes got the ball with 13 seconds on like the 30-yard line, came down, they kicked the game-winning field goal. But again, these teams are not the teams that we are familiar with, but we have Chiefs and Bills. I'm curious what your thoughts on this game are. Dude, I'm, I'm excited for this game. It's in... It's in Buffalo, which will, right? Yeah, it's definitely in Buffalo. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, the Buff- I mean, playing in Buffalo, I can't imagine how much fun it would be to have those fans root for you. Here's what I'm going to say. I think, I think the, the momentum matters in this matchup. I think one team is clearly hotter than the other which the hotter team is the Bills. They fired their offensive coordinator. Sean McDermott said some out-of-pocket stuff. I don't want to get into it. Agreed. But if you don't know, you may look it up. That's all I'm going to say. And they've been 7-0 since. If I was to gamble, which I don't, I think the clear favorite is the Buffalo Bills. Really? But to play devil's advocate... Do you ever bet against Patrick Mahomes, dude? Paddy Mack? Dude, the Netflix quarterback series, fantastic. And and Patrick showed well. I'm a big fan. I'm you're I said this to a colleague about someone else. You're never gonna get me to say a bad thing about Patrick. You're just not gonna do it. I got nothing bad to say. Fantastic competitor. You know, if 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 Tom Brady's done, thank goodness we have Patrick Mahomes to cling on to in terms of just the expectation of greatness in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a really good. I think this is really. I think the hand the league is in good hands with Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I mean, you could you could keep going. Jordan Love, C.J. Stroud. Like, I think the league's in good hands. The thing is, is 
the Bills and Josh Allen have a track record of losing in the playoffs to the Chiefs. So what are you going to do with that information, right? The Chief, the Bills are hotter this year, and all analytics point to, well, you should take the sample size of this year, not last year. Everything's different. But I'm sorry, the Chiefs are kind of like the big brother to the Bills right now. And that plays a role. Now, you you know because cuz you're Jake's bigger brother and you give that guy a noogie when you need to. And there ain't any question about it when it's time. Look, Jake, if you're listening, brother, which I know you are, it's all love, baby. But this but this but I'm with you. Here's what I'm saying. First quarter, both teams get let's say two drives. You got to set the tone. I trust the Chiefs to set the tone way more than I trust the Bills. See, I disagree. The way the Bills have been playing is, dude, they run the football. They do all these things. I think the Bill, like if the Chiefs set the tone, I think the game's over. I mean, if they set the tone. But the Bills, if the Bills throw a right hook, I don't think the Chiefs get knocked out. Fair enough, but I'm telling you that, like, I just, I don't think this game, I I think it will be close, but it will be close because the Bills will fight their way back. I I know the Chiefs aren't strong, but I think they will execute. I really do. That's my feeling going into this game. I think it will be a close game. It'll come down to the wire, but at half, we'll say... The Bills got to catch up a little bit. That That's what I see coming coming down the pike. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the game. Dude, I'm going to tell you. Call me Nostradamus, bro. Bills are going to go up 10-0. The Chiefs are going to score two touchdowns, so they'll be up 14-10. The Bills will come in and score a touchdown. The Chiefs will tie it with a field goal, and the Bills will win on a last-second field goal or touchdown. That will, is exactly what happened. 24-17, the first team to 20 wins the game. Interesting. Interesting. I think we're going to have closer to 30-30s. I think we're going to have closer to 30-30s. But I want to get to something you brought up this week. Because you had an experience at a bar that uh, I think you, you wanted to bring to the pod. So I'm going to let you let you lead it. But uh, why don't you jump into that? Yeah. So, all right. So I'm like, I'm at a bar. And my, my drink of choice, simple vodka pineapple. And I've never been questioned by a bartender, never been asked by a bartender, never been anything about a bartender. They just make me the drink. Well, I'm at a place. I say, hey, can I get a vodka pineapple? Yeah, sure. What kind of vodka would you like? What do you mean what kind of vodka do I like? Dude, the cheapest one. I did, So, and I was, I was telling Jake at bowling last night, which... Shout out to my boy, first 500, 518. That's killer for bowling. So I don't think I told you. I got notice. a notification from, because uh, I'm officially signed up because you, when you join a bowling league, you have to sign up for the National Bowling Association. I got some notifications of like achievements, like when you're on the PlayStation or whatever and you like beat the campaign mode and you get an achievement. I've gotten some achievements from our bowling session on Thursday. So, you know, again, shout out to the student 
because Nick does a great thing with them where he has us estimate our scores. Sometimes a little upsetting. They throw some shade with those estimates. I had someone throw me a lot of confidence. It helped me out a lot. So I, I told them this morning, like, it, it was for you. So I appreciate it. Dude. No, so dude, back to the back to the alcohol thing. Dude, I didn't know in my 27 years of life that you could choose the alcohol you drink. When he asked me that, I looked at him dumbfounded. I said, the cheapest one? Like, dude, I'm not paying an upcharge for alcohol. If you put enough pineapple juice in it, it all tastes the same. So with you, 80% of the time, the cheapest one is my response. Okay? So I'm, I'm a little surprised you didn't know that that was a thing. Not upset with you in any way. Not, not casting any shade. But I will say. Because I'm a gin and tonic guy. And if they ask me, I'm going with Tangeray. Okay, I'm going with Tangeray. That green bottle, it's got a little uh, wax finish, if you will, as if they stamped it like back in the old days. And this was kind of my response to you, Nick, is talking about gin. Beef eater. Beef eater. Oh, gross! Dude, that's the that's the gin I buy. That baby. name, it it's just not welcoming. It's not inviting. So, Tangeray, come on. Now listen, Nick. If you give me a blind tasting with Beef Eater, Tangeray, and all Amsterdam, all the different gins, I promise you, I will fail. But like when they ask me. And I look up and I see that Tangeray and I'm feeling myself. You better believe I'm saying, yeah, Tangeray. Give me the Tangeray. You would have been hitting the Tangeray if, if Jalen Brown scored 30 tonight. You know what I mean? I haven't looked since we started, but it did, it did look good when I was seeing him Marcus Smarting. Which, like, if we want to do a standing Marcus Smart segment, I feel like we didn't tie that loop. I'm into that. No, dude, I, last week, and we just ran out of time, I wanted to do, like, your top, let's do, let's just, your top three nicknames in sports, and it can be all time, it can be present, it can be whatever you think, but I'm going to start, dude, the coldest nickname in sports history, in my opinion, is Megatron for Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was a six foot four, 240 pound wide receiver who could run a four, 40 yard dash. So he runs 40 yards for those who don't know in 4.4 seconds. He was a freak of nature and his nickname was Megatron. Coldest nickname I think of all time. I like that. Oh, so you want to go back and forth? Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I don't even know if I have a single one like that. This is my picking out a nickname for someone. I don't even know. Who has nicknames? All right, then I'll go to I my don't next know. one. Give me your give me your three, and I'm gonna try to get one. My number two is the truth, Paul Pierce. Oh, let's pause on that. That's my number one, Paul Pierce, and that step back two pointer at the one two three third spot on around the world. Shout out to people who know about around the world because kids don't play that anymore. 
People don't play that game anymore. Remember around the world, Nick? Or are you too young for that? How, Dude, I that's how I used to warm up. That was getting dropped off at camp because the parents had to go to work early. You're one of the early kids who goes up to the basketball courts 45 minutes before the, the girl that you had a crush on gets there and you go to Mac on her. And you go and you play around the world. Maybe a little horse. That was pretty much it. We weren't Steph Curry at that time. We weren't just bombing up threes. In 1997, 1999, you know, all that. Dude, the truth, that step back. Can I tell you how many times I was in my driveway? And I, I for some reason, Kanye West comes into this. I had the music, the, the all the imagination going of the, the crowd and everything. Step back, bang. On my driveway, it was kind of like a thin driveway that got thicker as you went and right when it got thicker there was this little dirt patch that was the truth spot and dude i'd go to that spot and i'd practice it and when i'd have the neighbors come and we played 21 remember with the tips yeah played 20 yeah dude yeah. okay okay that was the spot bro that was the spot those were the days so anyway the truth number one that's my number one that's the only but one. But that's you the need. thing, like, so what? Kevin Garnett doesn't get to be considered because his, you know, big ticket. That's a stupid name, but that's not his fault. So that's where like nicknames. It's like, it's tough. All right, I guess. But like, dude, to have a cold nickname, like it's he was the big Agreed. ticket because yo, you wanted to pay a big price to go see KG play. You're right. It is a whack nickname though. Like, if I got that one, I'd be a little tight. What was Ray Allen? Did he have a nickname? Jesus Shuttleworth, but he had, it was just because well, of the movie. Well, because of the movie. Great movie. If you haven't said He's Got Game or any Spike Lee movies, watch some Spike Lee movies. They're terrific. I'm messing up your segment. Keep going. <laughs> no, dude, you're not. But I agree, dude. You know what I want to watch, bro? <laughs> and now that we're on a tangent, dude, I want to watch the new White Men Can't Jump with Jack Harlow. I know you hate oh, Jack yeah, Harlow. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's worth checking it out. Yeah, which actually, that low-key leads us into Jake's segment, dude. Because Jake, <laughs> before you get into it, dude, it was bell rings, buses leave, kids go home. Like, we're ready to go, me and Jake. And he's like, yo, but I got to tell you the history of rap, dude. Oh. And he was killing it. So Jake came up with this fire segment called, what is it, dude? I, I mean, written down here, but it needs working, is like, Nick No Time Music Education. Quick, I'm going to keep it tight, but this is, this is my setup. When we talk about, because in our first episode, we talk about being qualified about talking about sports, right? So like, think about people that have hobbies. If someone talks to you about their hobby... And it gets to the womp, 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 like the Charlie Brown adult sound. We might say they're insufferable. We might say they're annoying. But we might also say that they're qualified to talk about it. Because they're so knowledgeable that they can get you to blank out. You know what I'm saying there? Those are the three traits I see in the reviews <laughs> for the pod, dude. So we're killing it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So... I think I proved to you, Nick, that, like, I can run a music segment and have some credentials. Some 
Yo, I would say like, more than some, bro. I would say you're up there. Like, I would put you in the music historian category. No, no cap, bro. I very much appreciate that. Here's what I'm going to say. Let's say we all come together as a council and we say, you know what? We're going to think about some things that are really important for people. And every week you should take in a new album. You should put on an album on a vinyl or whatever, but where you don't change the tracks, you listen to the whole thing through, you learn about an artist and da, 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 right? Like just a great album start to finish. Nick, I'd like three minutes every week to sell you on an album you should listen to with the full expectation that the next week I'll ask you about it and you won't have listened to it. Permission. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Here's where we're going. Judd Apatow. And those movies haven't aged well. But Knocked Up, they talk about a band called Steely Dan. And Seth Rogen, who's the guy who knocks up a girl in that movie, is very immature. And I did some research today, and it turns out that Judd Apatow actually had him say what I'm about to tell you because he wanted to show how immature he was. Because Judd Apatow loves this band, which totally supports the fact that they're my first one. But at one point, they're talking about a band called Steely Dan. Nick, if I asked you, what is a Steely Dan? What is it? Do you know? Have you ever heard of that before? A Steely Dan? No. If you Google it in a school setting, it will be blocked. So look up what a Steely Dan is. But this is my introduction to them. If you know nothing about them except that maybe you heard in a movie that they suck, because that's basically what Seth Rogen says in more inappropriate terms. Think about, Nick, let me ask you a question. And this, and I want this to be interactive. What year did Woodstock happen? Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Hippie, Dippy, da, da, da. What year did that happen? Don't be upset if you don't know. I had to look it up myself. Dude, give me a decade, 75. I love that you said that. Woodstock, to me, represents the 60s, okay? It happened in 69. So it really was like at the end of the 60s. When I think of the 70s musically, I think of it as being like more refined than the 60s. Like the Beatles is 60s, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. It's like very hippie-ish. It's just Grateful Dead. It's kind of like, it's not as refined. But in New York, a group of jazz musicians come together, and in 1972, they release their first album, Instant Hits. Now, this is what I love about Steely Dan. They release albums in 72, 73, 74, 75, 76, dude. Every album has a hit. We could talk about them. They were controversial. They had swears in 1970 when no one was swearing on the radio. They had links to social situations that were going on like uh they had a famous song with an amazing guitar solo that was played on the radio and it was controversial because it was all about a guy who like held up a bank to steal money with like guns so it was like oh my god you're talking about this in the 70s that was a big deal that doesn't feel like a big deal now but pop music in the top 40s at this time huge but this is the album i'm selling you on today aja asia but with a J, A-J-A, Asia. And this was the culmination of Steely Dan's 
five-year run. They went on to make more albums, but I'm telling you. And there's a great documentary because Asia, dude, it's just gorgeous. It's just beautiful. And we talked about Kendrick Lamar a little bit this week and albums that are the culmination of Mm -hmm. a band's progress. Asia, AJA, listen to the album. It's fantastic. And it will tell you a little bit little bit about what the 70s and jazz and pop and a band that was really just had the sound of the time was all about that's all i got for you today love it i think we should end with some nickum pickums dude you give me the games i'm just going to give you an answer in two seconds or less no explanation all right houston baltimore houston green bay san francisco san francisco Tampa Bay, Detroit. Detroit. Kansas City, Buffalo. Buffalo. You took all the favorites. I I don't know how impressive that is. No, I took Houston. I took Houston. (laughs) You did take Houston. That's fair. I I, I guess the Premier League isn't happening this week. I want to see if I can get a Burnhamith game for you. But what I want to say more than anything else is just thank you, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in. We're... We got some video this week. We'll see how it goes. We're on Squadcast Live right now. I'm going to play with it. Hopefully, we can get some clips out to you. We've started on some segments that we're going to bank up to release on Instagram. And, dude, we're just having a good time. So, we appreciate you all. Yeah, dude. I'm actually humbled that 87 people listened last week. That that was really cool to see when we looked at the Were numbers. there really so, yeah. 87 people? That's there? what it said on the Spotify thing. Now, I might be, Dang. I might be a little... Uh, Little, uh, I thought you were trying to inflate the ratings, and I was all about it. But if that's no, dude, true, I'm, I ain't never well, gonna lie. You know that, bro. Well, listen, no, dude, it said eighty-seven. Advertise. Look, dude, and so shout out to all y'all. Appreciate it, man. One love, dude. Enjoy the weekend. YouTube, TikTok—they're all coming. We we finally got it figured out. Appreciate y'all. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one. Peace.